everybody. Welcome into Mile High Hockey. She's Rachel Hill. I'm Will Peterson. We are filling in for Mike Evans on this Friday as the Avalanche get uh, uh, an end to their mini two-game losing streak. Rachel Hill. they win 4-1 over the Blues, move to 7-2. and Vegas, baby. Vegas this weekend. Huge game early in the season, about as big as you can have in November. We'll get into all that, some goaltending stuff. Where does Miko land? Is Miko the best player? Is Miko the Hart Trophy candidate? All of it coming up on Mile High Hockey. Rachel, where do you want to begin? I guess we start with the big 4-1 win over the Blues on Wednesday night. No, for sure. And it was so good. Well, first of all, so good to hang out with you again and be able to do Mile High Hockey. But it was so good to see the Avs get back on track and in such a dominating fashion, too. It was like, what's going on with Kale McCarr? You know, we're all like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Like, what's going on there? So it was great to be able to see him out on the ice. The same thing with Bo and Byram. Everyone was like, is this a brand new injury we're learning about? Or why wasn't he practicing the day before the game? And then to see him out there in his 100th NHL game, the fact that he's had 27 NHL playoff games alone in his career, like he's such a young player, is still crazy to me. But like that was the big storyline for me besides goaltending, which I know we'll get into. But was like, okay, how are those guys going to look? Is this serious or not serious? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, when, you know, the Avs show up to practice on Tuesday and it's like, no four, no eight. You know, we all know everyone communicates in hockey numbers. No four, no Bowen Byram, no eight, no Kale McCarr. Had a couple call-ups, Riley Tufty, um, Caleb Jones coming up from the Eagles. But luckily for the Avs, I mean, Tufty still did play, and we can talk about making Druin inactive. You know, Jonathan Druin, hey, he's here to play with Nathan McKinnon, Halifax Mooseheads, and by game nine, he's a healthy scratch. But let's talk about those injuries and sort of your view on – Hey, both Kale and Bo played, and that was huge because no one wants to get into hockey. Oh, you know, lower body injury. They could miss a week. They could miss a month. You know, no one, no one likes that stuff in hockey. They're so secretive. So I think it's big they both played. But I have to ask you, is it a little too all gas, no breaks that Kale takes this really awkward fall in Buffalo? Everyone was stunned he was back out there for the third period. They were already down 3 nothing. They lose 4 nothing. Is it a little like Bednar needs to keep these guys from hurting themselves and he maybe needs to put his foot down and say, you know what, Kale, it's November. You're going to sit out the third period against Buffalo and then you're not going to play against St. Louis because that fall you could have broken your leg or do you sort of take it as the coach saying, hey, I trust these guys. And if Kale says he's ready, he's ready and we're not going to hold anything back. I'm like 50-50 on it, right? Because what, like what you said, I think Jared Bednar puts so much trust in that. We heard that with even Georgie where he was asking Georgie like – do you feel comfortable? Do you want to start? Like, how are you feeling? And he's like, yep, I'm ready to go. Obviously goes out there and it doesn't look too good in the two previous games. But like, those were one of those things where he trusts his players so much to make the right decision. But we also know hockey players are so freaking tough. Like of all the sports, I think hockey players take kind of the top tier cake where it's like, all right, they're going to go out there no matter what. How many times have we heard about guys with broken bones that are going out there and doing just the craziest things? Um, I totally get your point, though, on the whole, like, all gas, no breaks. And it does make me a little nervous. But with Kale specifically, I'm like, you know, sometimes when you, like, roll an ankle or something and you 
you, you have your leg up for so long and it gets even a little bit stiffer compared to if you would have just kind of walked around on it a little bit, it probably would have sure. felt better. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if it was one of those type of things where it was like, okay, I don't want to rest it too much because I want my body to keep moving. And it might've been like more muscular. I don't know because they are so secretive when it comes to these injuries. And I hate that about the NHL, but I'm just kind of trusting that Jared Bednar is going to trust his guys in that locker room to be like, yep, I'm ready to go or no, I'm not. And he's going to do the best thing for him. Yeah, it all seemed to work out. Obviously, Makar, yeah. Byram, Lekkonen took a maintenance day yesterday um, on, uh, on practice before the team headed to Vegas, but doesn't sound like it's anything serious. Maintenance days, whatever. These guys have played a lot of hockey. Let's talk about that 4-1 win, though. Prozvatov, did I get that right? I think so. You got it right. Prozvatov, uh, backup goalie, plays for the Avs. We're so used to Frankie. Got to yep. get a new name in our lexicon here, Rachel. Uh, but he plays well. 27 saves, 28 shots. Avs win 4-1. Always good to beat Jordan Binnington. Still a villain. No one's ever going to forget Binnington and Kadri and Water Bottle Gate and all that stuff from the cup <laughs> run a couple years ago. Um, but good to see, I think, let's talk about Miko and Binnington in a second, but good to see, I think, that the Avs have a backup goalie because Georgie, it was making us all a little nervous. Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. It was good to get him a night off. It was good for Prosvitov to come in make most of the saves, the one goal wasn't his fault, and sort of see that the avalanche, okay, we can let Georgie take a night off and still pick up two points. 100%, and I do think that he did really well. Prosbatov even talked about, too, how he's like, I was getting ready to lay out for the puck, and all of a sudden the defenders are there and they're doing their job, so they made it really easy for me. And it's like, yeah, if you have a guy like Makar and Devon Tays out there, you're like feeling a little bit better about what you're going to have to lay out for, too. So I like that. I like that he gave the guys a lot of credit, too. Um, for the fact that he hasn't played in many NHL games, I thought that his like composure was really well, right? Like mm. even on some of the shots, he didn't really look like shaken up or anything. So I appreciated that from that stance. Uh, I'm nervous though. I'm like, what the heck is going on with Francois? Like, when are we going to find out what is going on with him? And by the time he gets into the season, is it going to be like, he's already missed so much time that he's not hockey ready. So like, do we just need to get used to pros Like, for the rest of the season. Like, I feel like we're at that point, even though we're so early on in the season. Yeah, no, you're right. With with Frankie, it's, you know, it's hockey. Again, we've harped on it. There's no real updates, but no. it sort of bleeds longer and longer. You wonder, is the guy ever going to be right again? And we'll no. always remember him for the cup run and having to play the Edmonton series uh, for Darcy Kemper and Darcy dealing with the eye injury. But, I, I Rachel, I think it's pros with top moving forward until we hear otherwise. I do, and I think... I think fans are going to have to get used to that, but he was good against the Blues, and someone else that was good against the Blues was Miko Rantanen getting another goal. He now has six on the year, leads the ads with 14 points. Kel McCarr has 11, Nathan McKinnon has nine, Lekkonen has seven, Nachushkin has six, all the usual suspects. But, Rachel, I got to ask you, that ESPN 100 list came out, and Nathan McKinnon and Kel McCarr were both top five, but Miko Rantanen was seven for the yeah. top 100 players in the league. It feels like Miko's no longer under anyone's radar. We love Kale. We love Nathan. We've had the debate time and time again, who's the best player. But after his gaudy stats last year, is this the year Miko Rantanen makes a run at that Hart Trophy for NHL MVP? He's the most underappreciated player in the NFL, and I will preach that NHL. from here out. Or NHL, yes, excuse me. I swear, though, he is so underappreciated. When Spitting Chicklets finally came out and was like, Miko Rantanen is underappreciated, I was like, I have been saying this for so long because it's so true what he's able to do. And it's with hockey, you kind of have to be able to say so many people are focusing on Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, like all of those names. And so you always wonder, like, 
okay, they're not paying as much attention to Miko, which enables, like, enables him to do what he does. But I think you're kind of right that people are starting to pay attention to him. And the fact that he's still able to go out there and put up points on the board, you're like, Miko, we love you here in Denver. Like, please don't ever leave because we're having way too much fun with the Moose. Yeah, they're going to have to give him one more contract, make sure he ends his career here. Uh, get creative because they've given out a lot of big contracts, but they can't, let Miko, they can't let Miko finish his career anywhere else. I'm telling you, though, I'm calling it. It's November 3rd. Uh, Miko Hart Trophy. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Miko Randon Hart Trophy. We know McKinnon's been a finalist a couple times, never won it, gotten robbed, doesn't have an MVP on his resume. Um, how crazy would it be if Miko got an MVP before Nate did. We'll have to see. It's it's very, very early. But speaking of early, Vegas, baby. It is Vegas. They are out there. Uh, they're out there with their moms, Rachel. They went a day early. How cute, how fun. I hope they don't party too much, though. We all know those moms can get after it. They got a big game on Saturday night against the Golden Knights, who are 10-0-1. One of only two teams in the NHL without a loss in regulation, them and the Boston Bruins, fittingly enough. But how much stock do you put in a game this early in the season with sort of um, supremacy in the Western Conference or at least bragging rights early yeah. on on the line Saturday night at, uh, at T-Mobile Arena? First of all, I have to talk about the moms. I love that they do this in the NHL. I think it's so fun. And I love hearing that Nathan McKe- McKinnon's mom is like the ringleader of all the moms. Like, I'm like, this just fits, right? Like totally 100% goes down from mother to son. I love it too. Um, and I think it's, Vegas, like of all places for them to do it this season. I'm like, heck yeah, this is incredible. And I know they were at the game the other night here at Ballerita, but I just think it's so much fun too. And I think it adds a different, like, it kind of shows the family, like the family aspect of hockey, right? Like we talk so much about that in sports, but when you actually really get to see it, I feel like it brings a lot of people closer too. even just fans. We feel like we can connect a little bit more. So I like that now about the game. I'm putting a lot of stock into it. And I know I probably shouldn't be, but I'm like, these are two really good teams. They know what's kind of on the line and it's so early on. But if you can prove that you're already being able to be a dominant force so early on, then you're kind of stuck in that person's mind or that team's mind for the rest of the season of like, oh, would we maybe have to face them again? And like, what's going to happen? And you obviously knock on all the wood, no injuries or anything of that nature. But I am putting a lot of stock into the game tomorrow. And I am so hyped about it, too. I'm like so ready to watch it. Yeah, it's an interesting point, especially because, you know, they haven't played Vegas in a playoff series again, and those wounds of 2021 are still there. You know, that was the third straight second round exit, and they got the monkey off the back, and they got the cup, but they didn't have to go through Vegas to get the cup in 22, and then, of course, in 23, Rachel, the cup is in Vegas. They won, uh, Lord Stanley, last year, the Golden Knights did, so it sort of does feel like the Avs got their one. They got the monkey off the back. We all know that. Yep. But inevitably, to get a second, not only are you going to have to beat Vegas, but frankly, you're going to have to take the cup from Vegas. And, and this feels like it is sort of building. This is this is chapter one in a 20-chapter set that is ultimately building toward a Western Conference final between the Avs and the Golden Knights next spring, early next summer. And you know what? A game in November, people aren't really going to remember, but I got news for you, and you know this as well as anyone – a game in November could determine who gets home ice because those are two big points. And come April, we don't want to be watching the standings going, oh, they fell one point short of Vegas because guess what? They didn't take that game in November seriously, lost 5-1, and just gave up two points. So 
I'm with you. Like, it's never too early to think about seeding, think about where the playoffs could fall, and think about if you play Vegas in game seven of a Western Conference final, you want that game in Denver? Well, this game could be big towards uh, deciding if that happens or not. No, 100%. And all, all the people are always like, oh, it's so early on. Like, I catch myself saying that too, of like, oh, so much can happen. But I really do that when I look at like the Eastern Conference games, right? Like the games that are just like, oh, they're here on the schedule. But any like team or any game against a team who you know you could possibly meet in the playoffs, I feel like you have to put stock into that no matter what. And that's why like in other sports, NBA specifically, I get so frustrated when we don't see some of the stars come out and play each other in those type of games. Because I'm like... Yeah come on like let's see it like get the matchup hype like let's already start this let's not hide from it and luckily in the nhl we don't have to deal with that the stars will show up and that makes me excited all right well we hope everyone enjoys the game on saturday night it is obviously a huge one abs and golden knights early bragging rights on the line we appreciate you tuning in for rachel i'm will this is mile high hockey and we'll see you next time